Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Johnny Goodtimes of the Philly Blunt. In this week's episode, we sit down with Philadelphia comedian Chip Chantry. Chip's new company album, Swingers Party, was just released recently. can be found on iTunes, so if you want to support Philly comedy and Philly artists, be sure to download it from there. We talked to Chip a bit about how comedy in Philadelphia is different than comedy in New York and L.A., etc. We also talked about how things have changed in the 15 years he's been doing comedy uh, in light of the Me Too movement, political correctness, and so forth. So a really interesting interview. We did it at Sassafras in Old City. And I hope you enjoy. If you do, please give us a five-star rating and uh, leave us a review. All right. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name is Shiny Good Times. My name is Reed. Hey, this is great. And tonight we have a very special guest, someone that I've known for a long time and have performed in some just remarkably successful shows. Mm-hmm. That's how we can afford to hang out at a place like Sassafras. And sip old fashions. And sip old fashions. That is the one and only Mr. Chip Chantry. Good evening. Welcome, Welcome Chip. Chip. It's good to see all of you. Thank uh, you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm thanks. sipping an old fashioned as well, if you guys want to picture it at home. Yes, yeah. look at this. <laughs> For, uh, He's painting the picture. It's a very yeah. sophisticated podcast I mean, yeah, episode. It's so fancy. This, yeah. is, this yeah. is what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've actually never set foot in this place. I uh, I dated a girl for a long time that loved this place, and uh, now I'm here thinking of her, and my heart's crushed. So thanks. This yeah. should, <laughs> should have brought her here. Yeah, you should. Yeah, we could, we could call her anymore. tonight. We could talk to her. I, but this is the same thing too. I've never been here, and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so it's a really cool spot. Yeah. So Chip, you picked this place because you love it. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit. About what I wanted about to. So I wanted to see what it was like. I heard about the jazz <laughs> you band. This place because you love it. And I. I I just wanted to. Uh, I wanted to be part of the Sassafras, and uh, it, this is literally like it's it's dark, it's tiled, it, it's everything I want a bar. Yeah, it's like a little sure. oasis in Old City. It really is. Like, really even is. on a Friday night, it's chill and relaxed, mm-hmm. and you can just watch right. the insanity walk up and down the street. Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, and I they got the jazz is... band playing yeah. for the show tonight. We yeah. hired a jazz band. Yeah. We wanted to take this, make this in class. I am usual. a classic guy, so I figured you know that is really <laughs> nice. You guys get a get a little jazz duet going. Johnny, yeah. Johnny does have his tuxedo shirt on. Yeah, yeah, I got a tuxedo yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, it's green because it's St. Patty's on the way, but it's still yeah. it's still pretty nice. It's, it's going well. Um, but let, let's speaking of music, you like a lot of bad music. I like a lot of terrible music. Yeah, the worse, uh, yeah, the a lot better. Of just that's one thing that you know when we were first friends, it was like this guy is he and I are going to be thick as thieves. I could tell. Sure. he's a good dude. I, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then the music, I you started learning through music. my CD collection. Yeah, flipped through your CD collection. We stopped hanging out as much after that. Yeah, so, yeah, we did. Tell yeah. us a little bit about why that is. <laughs> That you like what you like, like what what yeah. growing up, like parents influences. have bad music taste. I'm uh, assuming go any further. I'm going to say that some I've, I've Johnny listed some of the stuff you like. It's not all bad. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I will say this. Um, Thank you for the all not bad. <laughs> I, yes, not all bad praise. I I feel like for a while I was very stuck in the '90s. Uh, mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a lot of great musical outfits that came out of the '90s that I could list. Ad nauseum, but I'm not going to. Jim Blossoms. Uh, give, us, give us three. The Jim Blossoms are yeah, great. Okay. All right, there's one. We actually, this is the honest, got truth. My my wife is a huge Jim Blossoms fan. She loved them in middle school, mm-hmm. so I took her almost as a joke to see them at the Chester Casino, the Harrah's down at Chester. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was literally, I want to say it was a glorified conference room. It was a <laughs> conference room. Oh, no. <laughs> Take out the glorified. It was. 
there was a stage, and then it was 30 feet of nothingness. So they didn't give him like a, 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 a concert venue in Harris. They gave him a conference room. It, it felt like a conference room. <laughs> and they there, there was the stage, and then all around the stage was 30 feet of nothingness. And then just those conference room stackable chairs right. where everybody sat. The gin blossoms, God bless their little hearts, came out. <laughs> they played a song or two. And everybody's just sitting there. And it was the most awkward show I've ever oh, been to in my life. Okay. But then the guys, the, the lead singer, Robin <laughs> something, I think, uh, he he was like, guys, this isn't going to work. You guys need to get up and you need to dance. And we're going to have fun. <laughs> and they put on one of the most fun shows. I've, and I've been to a lot of shows. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever been to. And they were funny. Yeah. They were. They knew where they were. Like They, they, they were they very self-aware. That's always, yeah. that's always good, yeah. And they have like... 10 hits that we all know which is crazy well, like, it was like oh I know two Jim Blossom songs there was 10 of them that I knew was uh was it uh, uh I found out about I you found out about that's you that's the one I know yeah. that's yeah. the one I know for sure I mean I'll, be, I'll bet 50 bucks Reef can't name 10 Jim Blossom songs <laughs> <laughs> I take that bet I, I can't either yeah. I'm sorry yeah me neither yeah, yeah, you were one ahead of me hey, I loved I yeah, loved yeah. hey jealousy you. you were ahead of me I would have went hey jealousy that was the shit yeah so let's talk a little bit about comedy since you're a comedian and not a musician uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird start. <laughs> so, uh, how'd you get started in comedy, Chip? Uh, it's, it's actually a very musical answer, if, nice. you, if you'll indulge me. I will. So, the, I've, I've, I always love comedy. I, I grew up watching, uh, do you guys remember MTV's Half Hour Comedy? That's yeah, yeah, good sure. band. It's great. Yeah. Good band. Uh, I, my favorite show when I was a kid was uh, MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And uh, I would I would literally just record them and and on my VHS you know on the VCR and just watch them over and over again. So I love stand up. Always want to do it, but it's like how do you how do you do it? How do you right. get into it? Uh, my brother was in a band in Philly, and mm. they uh, they they would, you know they play all over, but they played at uh, Fergie's a lot. Okay, and so they. They always told me that I was always hanging out, trying to be funny because I mm. wanted, you know. And they were like, "You have to do stand up. You got to do stand up." Well, they booked me to do stand up one night without telling me until about two weeks ahead of time. Wow. They like, I literally saw a poster on, uh, like, uh, like on, on a wall somewhere, okay. and it was like with comedy guest Chip Gentry. Nice. And then I had to go home, and he's like, "Yeah, we we're going to tell you tonight." And uh, I had two weeks to prepare, and I had to go up at Fergie's upstairs at Fergie's and open right. for my brother's band. That's love, man. That's, it was that's, great. That's brotherly long, love right there. Push, long, pushing how, you. How long is set we talking? I want to say I did about ten minutes, yeah. probably. Did you kill? I did only yeah. only be. And here's the thing. It only because it was like all friends and family that were there, so they were mm. like obviously gay. I, I'm sure it was terrible. I'm mm. I'm 99% sure it was terrible. Mm. But I still remember that that first. You probably remember this, Johnny. Like that first wave of laughter mm-hmm. that you get is I've like I've never felt mm-hmm. anything like that in my entire it's life, you, and I haven't. Euphoric. It, that, it that really is euphoric. Yeah. Applause, and I'm yeah. sure like when it, when you get the crowd mm-hmm. going, and, and mm-hmm. it's but that first wave, it's because it's a physical guttural mm-hmm. reaction, you know, and, and, and it just, it hits you, and I've literally been tracing, chasing that dragon ever since. For it's sure. like, because like, I'm, I know I've gotten a lot better than that, mm-hmm. and I've gotten bigger laughs, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that, that first, that first laugh that ever hit me. I hear you. Yeah. After <laughs> that, is it like just the, the typical grind, open mics, and, and then making connections, and... Yeah, so, so I did, I did that first show, and then I was just so afraid to do it again, because it's like, how do you recreate that? And it's like, mm-hmm. I can... I literally thought I was going to do it once, sort of bomb, and then just be like, okay, knock it off my bucket list, I'll go skydiving next or whatever, and then it was just over. Uh, But I was so, but it went really well, but I was so afraid to recreate it that I didn't want to go again, because I was like, I'm going to bomb. So that year, I probably did about two or three other open mics the entire year. I'd like wait three months to do it, and then wait three months to do it again. Was this in Philly? This was in Philly, How old old are you? 
uh, I was probably, I, I guess I was early 20s, okay. 24 maybe, 24, 25. And then, uh, and then I was like, I've got to bite the bullet. I really got to do this because I kept talking about it to everybody because I was like, mm. I'm a comedian now. Right. Uh, so I, I ended up taking a class at the Comedy Cabaret in Northeast Philly on Roosevelt Boulevard. Nice. They offered a comedy class on Wednesday nights. And uh, that's what where was I that met. that like? That was that I'm was just it. Some guy like it's fucking, not, it's not if you want to fucking do comedy, bro, you gotta fucking go out there. You gotta hit him like you're on Frankfurt Ave, bro. You gotta fucking just fucking do the comedy, bro. It was actually That's just my northeast. Uh, we did our graduation show in the back parking lot, Chickies and Pete's. It was a lot of fun. We got free, free crab fries. <laughs> And a couple Percocets, and everybody's happy. We're all happy. It's a win-win. That's no, uh, well, no, it was great. And uh, so my teacher was this guy Joey Callahan, and a great local com- comedian. And the best part about that was the fact that it was Wednesday nights from like six to eight, and then every Wednesday at eight thirty was the open mic. So he's wow. like, "Look, if you know anything about comedy, if you want to get good, you need to stick around for the open mic." Right. And Really, what it did was forced me to just go to the open mic, and I definitely learned a lot in this class. But I spent six weeks in a row going to that open mic. Right. You're already so that, there. You're not going to drive back 45 minutes no. when you're like, ah, I'm here. I might as well do five minutes. And literally, after those six weeks of going up every week, I just had that momentum, and then I could literally couldn't stop. Right. And there was there was no turning back after that. We, yeah. we did a lot of open mics together. Trust me. We did a lot of open <laughs> yes. mics together. Well, yeah. well and so then we started Finn McCool. I, I guess we should talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that's. That was, I think that's where that really started to hit was, um, so we, we, we wanted to do comedy. So we, we were like, how do we do it? There's nothing in Center City besides the Laugh House. They weren't interested in booking us. Like, and we're brand new, too. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going on. So we start. And there's 35 comedians signing up because it's the only open only house in right, town. Right, so right. You, you might get up, but you might get up three hours into the show right. when there's four people left because they're putting up the guys who have been already putting in time for five years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, so, it's, so it's midnight, and you're, you're 90 seconds into your bit, and then Wid's up on stage with you. All right, all right, let's hear it for him. Let's hear it for him. All right, okay, here we go. And then it's like you're done, and it's just, just over. So so I guess you can talk more to this, Johnny, because you're the one that found Finns, right? Yeah, I mean, yep. it was just like we were just like, let's let's do our own. We can't get on any sh- Nobody wants us on any shows, so let's right. start our own show. So we started our own show, and it became a thing where we had comedians in Philadelphia were like, holy shit, there's a place with a microphone. And it was the most podunk Right. Set up ever. Yeah, I had a little bass amp mm-hmm. that was the size of a bread box. Right. And you plug the mic into it, and you, the mic would just be. We had a mic stand that was Kensel's. And yeah. so it was hilarious. So we, but for our stage, th- there's no stage <laughs> in Finn McCool's, so we got a pallet. And by the way, uh, this yeah, was like the uh, old Finn McCool's, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. before yeah. they made an ice cream. A single pallet? Nice. No, no, no. It gets oh, well, better. Okay. It gets oh, better. Oh, it gets way we better. Had a, we had a single pallet. Right. And that the, we stole from a back alley somewhere. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> a single pallet. We put black cloth over it. And after the first couple weeks, the owners, uh, Pete and his son, uh, Teddy, Teddy uh, decided <laughs> that the pallet was getting in people's way on the way to the bathroom. So they cut the pallet in half. Wow. So, then so our, stage, like our stage was now a half pallet. Half yeah. pallet. Yeah. Wow. Which is probably about, what, like two feet by like yeah. 18 inches. So yeah. when he cut it, did he cut the cloth too so that it lined up? Or? No, he took the cloth <laughs> off so then we yeah. just had to wrap the we cloth, around, the cloth twice. around it. So, but and, this, then, and then, you had a, then you had a light. What do you call that? Oh, it was a painter's light. Yeah, you painter's know those, light. Yeah. Like just the yeah, silver yeah, yeah. half dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that would, just, that would just hang we over just top of that us. over you. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like yeah. an electric chair at the stage. I mean, but those... <laughs> 
I played in plenty of joints like that. Those were the best times. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing because it was Monday nights. It was billed at like nine o'clock, but they wouldn't. We wouldn't start until at least ten or so. Mm-hmm. If if it was if it was football season, we had to wait until <laughs> the Monday game was, was over. Oh, uh-huh. So I mean, that's midnight right there. Right. So and then it was just drunks that hated us that just wanted to watch sports. Mm-hmm. It was drunk people for the convention center, right. or literally homeless people would just wander in right. and just start right. heckling us. Right. It was it, this one this one kid who was a sweet kid and he was he, he always struggled. And this homeless guy came in selling flowers. And he was selling flowers and people Ricky and, Ticky Top. Yeah. Yeah, he used to be yeah, I used to always see him around. He, he he was selling flowers and this kid's up on stage doing so badly and he starts heckling him. And so he's trying to do that, and, and the guy's heckling him. And then finally, the guy takes two roses. No, no, no. The comedian on stage started jo- jawing oh. with the homeless guy. He's like, oh, you know, hey, we got a homeless guy. He's being kind of a little bit mean. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, we got a homeless guy here. And the, and the homeless guy starts throwing the, the flowers in front of the stage. Like on the, at the foot of the stage. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, you know, why are you throwing flowers at me? He's like, this is a funeral, and you're dying oh. up here. <laughs> It was it was the biggest laugh I think anybody ever, ever got, got at there. the ever play it at was, the place. It ever. was so good. It was so good. So when you're up on stage and you're five minutes in mm-hmm. and the the crowd's not necessarily on your side yet, what what's going through your mind? Because obviously you've got to be hitting the jokes. You can't just take a pause and be like, okay, now let me think of what I'm going to do here. Right. You've got to be talking, but you also have to be thinking. Yeah. What are you thinking if you're five minutes in the crowd's not on the wavelength? Uh, y- y- you have to sort of, I guess, just switch gears. And I think you have to address it. And you have to make something in the room. You have to either do crowd work, mm. talk about something in the room, and kind of drop the script for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm a pretty scripted guy. Like mm-hmm. I like to write jokes, and I like mm-hmm. to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I like to, but sometimes that's not working, so right. you just have to throw out the playbook for a minute, right. talk to the guy in the front row, make fun of something in the room, right. make fun of yourself Self, for yeah, yeah, not yeah, doing that, right. and then hopefully that grabs them. You, How the, do you deal with a heckler? Have you ever <laughs> had like a heckler heckler? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. You, and you, people ask that. Uh, and heck, it, the thing about hecklers is they're usually just sad and lonely yeah. and don't get the attention that they need. Yeah, so that's works. why they do it. Uh, so I can deal with that. The thing that really gets me, gets under my skin, is when people are talking in the crowd. Mm. If oh, they're just, I can imagine. Just, just, because at least with a heckler, at least they're engaged in what's <laughs> right, happening. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least they're like, oh, I heard that joke and I didn't like it or I have something to say about right, it. Right. And it's like, we can talk. But it's like, if you have a couple that's sitting down here in the front row who's just, oh, we're just going to, we're on a date and we're just chit-chatting. <laughs> like, you're not even engaged anymore. You're right. done. So Do you that, shred them? Do I what? Like shred them? Do you just start attacking them? You can't, and that's the, with a heckler. You can because right. a heckler, everybody knows that it happened. Right. If it's if it's somebody who's talking, especially if they're up front, you know that they're talking, and maybe the two tables around them know that they're talking, right. but nobody else realizes they're talking because they're they, they're probably quiet compared right. to a heckler. Right. So if I'm just if I just turn to them like shut the fuck up, <laughs> they're like oh why did he just yell at that right. nice young yeah couple? you're the, you're the bad guy right, right. the heckler yeah. the heckler's always the bad guy yes but right. if you don't fight back then they'll the crowd will go with him <laughs> right right yeah. right but yeah but but with the co- people being quiet yeah like yeah. you're the bad guy if you're like these assholes are driving me crazy they're like what are you talking about right, right. right. so what you have to do is I think in both circumstances 
circumstances, especially with the talking people rather than heckler. But in both circumstances, you start nice and you get mean. Right. So you start nice. Like if it's a heckler or something like that, somebody just yells something. Usually I'll just I'll say something and I'm not going to talk to them, but I'll just address it. Right. So it's you know something and you hear this is just kind of a stock line, but it's like somebody yells something. It's like oh my dad's here tonight. You know, just <laughs> just something that like it acknowledges that it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a little bit of a laugh, and it's right. like I'm like not going to look you in the eye and talk to you. Right. Ninety nine times out of hundred, it's it's done. It's, it's over. Right. It's right. fine. Right. Right. It, it, yeah. If he keeps going, then it's like okay, maybe maybe I'll talk to you a little bit more, right. and then I can get meaner. With the people who are talking, you know, just mm. um, you just have it, to block them out and keep it moving. It's hard for me though because I am kind of ADD, and it's like, yeah. and it bothers me that they're not listening. And right. you're trying to think about your next joke, you're trying to talk about what's happening, right. and then you're hearing. Da, 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 da. Right. So uh, this is a teacher trick, and I was a fourth grade teacher for years, so th- that carries over a lot. What I'll do is, so Reef's talking in, in, in the in the crowd, you know, and I'll ju- I'll literally <laughs> just direct my joke. <laughs> But no, I'll direct my joke directly to him, and I will stare at him right. and keep telling much. Nobody knows that I'm doing it, but then all of a sudden he looks up from who he's talking to, and he <laughs> sees that I'm talking to him, and it's like, oh, yeah. the teacher caught me. Right. I don't have to do anything. There's no confrontation. There's nothing. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's a nice guy, so he's gonna be like, oh, oh, I didn't realize I didn't that I was doing that. Rude, I didn't, right. And then, and then it's just, and then I just look away from you, and everything's fine. Right. Usually, that's the end of it. Yeah. If I have to keep doing it, then it's like, oh, what are you guys talking about? You know. Right, it's, right, oh, right. and then usually that stops them. But if not, then you can go a little bit deeper. But what I've done is I've been nice a couple times, and I've also let the rest of the crowd know mm-hmm. that this is an issue that right. oh I've been nice a couple times and I have to keep going back to him another thing too and uh, Todd Glass taught me this one Todd Glass who I open yeah, for a lot for who sure. Philly guy originally mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. taught me so much about comedy he's like don't beat those people he's like lose to those people so if somebody's kind of being loud and they're talking to the crowd instead of getting loud and talking over them and trying to beat them he dro- drop the mic away and get quiet and get quiet and tell your joke quietly because then all of a sudden what everybody has to do is then get quiet lean in and listen and that guy's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Smart. And then the people around them are going to shush them or get yeah. mad at them. Right. Or at least they're loud and everybody knows. So if I just get away Dang. from the microphone and get quiet, like you guys are all leaning in. And then that guy or that woman, they stick out. And then I don't have to do anything. And right. then all of a sudden they stop. And usually, again, they stop because they feel bad because they're a nice person, right. which most people are. Right. And they stop. And then I don't have to address it at all. And right. then you go right back to it. I watched the documentary. I forget what it was. But they were saying... Um, Clean writing is harder. Um, touch on that. Why, why is it uh, harder, do you think, and is it something that you prefer? I think um, I love a good clean comedian. And, and trust me, if you're a dirty comedian, and it, you have to be funny. Funny is funny. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's filthy. Yeah, I don't care if it's clean, sure. but you have to be funny. Right. Some comics will just be dirty because there's a shock value to it. Right. So it's just shock humor. So it's like, oh, I'm going to tell a joke about my, my, my dick. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Little Miss Muffet. Right, exactly. And it's like, is that clever? Is that interesting? Uh, I, I think a great example, we'll go back to, uh, he doesn't do as much stand-up anymore, but Mike Rainey is a local uh-huh. comedian who came up with us, mm-hmm. one of our good friends, uh, used to be, and he actually did get cleaner, but he started out as a really edgy, really dirty mm-hmm. comedian. But he's so smart and so funny with it right. that it was always so funny. Right. But then there's a lot of comics right. out there that are just like, right. that are just filthy, and it, it gets a shock. Right. It gets a, it, but there's nothing clever about it right so when you do write clean it's a little bit more of a, a the dirty a shit should be it should, it, should, it should just be a little sprinkle on top it shouldn't yes. be the whole meal right. like I'm it, fucking fucking yeah. it exactly well, it's, like, it's like Tony Robbins like <laughs> right there he is there's just <laughs> I love that bit. That's, that's, one, of favorite, yeah. that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. comedians. Yeah. 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 It's a fuck guy. Yeah. 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 Is Philly a funny city? Do jokes work here that 
comedians would say, oh, that's a comedian's joke. Does I think that so. work here? I, th- I think, from from what I've seen, first of all, Philly crowds, as mm-hmm. you probably know, mm-hmm. we wear our heart on our sleeves. Whether mm-hmm. it's sports, whether it's comedy, music, you whatever. You gotta earn it. You, yeah. have to, you have to earn it. If they like you, they'll love you. If yeah. they don't, they're they'll gonna let, let you know, know it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people say that Philly is like, they're like, oh, if you can do well in Philly, you can do well anywhere. For sure. I, I think the scene has changed a little bit and people have become more of comedy fans, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to do that than it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think we're a very funny town. I think we're good joke writers here. I think we write a lot of really good jokes. I see some towns where people are just, it's more personality-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, trust me, some of the best people in the world are in L.A. right now. You know, some of the funniest mm-hmm. comedians sure. in the world. But then there's a lot of people who are like actors and that type of thing. And it's like, it's a lot of like, oh, you like me and I'm very, here's my personality and here's right. my weird little mm-hmm. sensibility. Right. And it's like, okay, was there a punchline right. in there though? Right. Is, right. It's right. interesting maybe, but was there a punchline? Right. So I think we... We work hard for punches, and I think the we're very fast paced here. So we people want laughs quickly, and they want a lot of laughs. So you have to build in those laughs. I remember going out to Portland. There's a you know, so Helium in Philly is like my home club, and mm-hmm. they, they have a Helium in Portland. My first week I went there, I really struggled because I came out of the gates like bop 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 bop, right, right. and they were just like on their heels, like whoa, what? Is, this guy's aggressive. This guy's yeah. mean. And like I consider myself like a really nice guy, like whatever. You're and aggressive like, to Portland. Yeah. I would, I'm I would, aggressive I would, to Portland. I would, I would fucking run that town. Damn, <laughs> it's oh, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, and, and you you but but then a That's buddy a of mine who'd been there. <laughs> yeah, I moved to Portland. Just moved yeah. to Portland. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But he but he was like, you just have to like let them trust you and let them be nice. So like then I started going out and like mm. you just tell a cute little story about your day or something like that for the first minute, and they're like, mm. okay, we're disarmed, yeah. and then you can get into mm. it more. So something that I thought was pretty benign. I used to talk about my grandmother and like and then like I have a, a bit about going to my grandmother's funeral and like something happened mm-hmm. and like it's. I think it's a funny bit. It always went well here in Philly. I tried that out in out in Portland, and they just felt bad for my grandmother that they never met. And it wasn't like they were angry at me or didn't like me. They just they were so wrapped up in like, right. oh, oh, that's such a shame. So sorry. Yeah. And it's like, no, we can have that dark humor no, that, yeah. that we definitely have that 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 gallows humor that other other towns might not, especially right. West Coast towns, don't have. Yeah, for sure. I, I was out in uh, in in Vegas a couple years ago, just out there for vacation. I, I watched an act, and it was a pretty big comic who he basically works out there. But mm-hmm. his act it was the front row, and it was it was racial, it was sexist, it was it was homophobic, and. It wasn't even, and I could tell, and you know, this is coming from a straight white male, but like, so I don't want to, but like, obviously it was offensive, but it was just, oh, this is what he did in 1987, and that's what worked. That's what worked then, because it was more socially acceptable then, not that it was right, right, but it was socially acceptable. So he's just like, yeah, I can keep doing that. And that Vegas crowd. Was it working? Oh, it's killing. Yeah. It was was murdering. And I'm not offended by anything. Literally, there was two or three times where my wife and I, like, Audibly gasped at what he said. We're like, you know, and, and but but a lot of those Vegas crowds are. You think it's like a hip Vegas crowd, but it is a lot of people yeah. from Indiana, from Iowa, Iowa from yeah. Missouri, and into yeah. into yeah. you know a lot of that. They they ate it up. They thought yeah. it was the greatest thing in the world, right. and we were just like, yeah. that's I mean, a, that's a, it's interesting to hear you say that because I feel like a lot of comedians, at least from what I see, they feel like. Right now, they're under attack for all their comedy, yep. and you're saying like, no, you don't need to do that. Depends there is a better are. way. Depends and, where you are, right? And, Exactly. It depends where you are, and also, but things are changing. Obviously, with 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 the way the world is today, mm-hmm. and you know the Me Too movement, and, mm-hmm. and, and and all of these mm-hmm. things. 
I think we can all evolve and get yeah. better. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, sure. I, if I look back, and, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too. If I look back to 10, 15 years ago to jokes when I first started out, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that joke today. Right, right. Because I have I think we've evolved as a society and I've evolved oh, there's as a things, person. Like, there's songs I can't oh, listen yeah. to. And I cringe. I'm sure. like, oh, what the fuck was wrong with me? You yeah, know what oh, I mean? exactly. Like, and like, it was a great joke or whatever, funny, mm-hmm. a great, great line. or and But then it's like, oh, yeah, like I've grown up. But what are, you, what are your thoughts <laughs> on the new... Uh, you know, 50, 60 second Instagram clip comp comedian. Respect or, you know, you think that's just, that's some millennial shit? I think it's, 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 there's some really funny stuff that comes out of that and it's just a Is diff- there though? It's, everyone, every <laughs> once in a while, every once in a while. It's, it's a, uh, percentage wise, yeah. It's a very specific thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I think even like Twitter from a couple years ago, people were like, what is this? It's garbage. Like, I loved Twitter. Like, and I, I still do. It's like, it's just a nice, concise way to write is a Is that joke. a testing ground for you? Oh, absolutely! Like, your, whatever the idea. Your, uh, uh, Nick Foles joke today. Nick Foles joke, yeah. That was very, very. Funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so you, you throw things out there, and then let's hear the Nick Foles joke. Uh, the Nick Foles, because you know, because he's going to Jacksonville now. Yes. He's going to the Jaguars, so uh, or it looks like it. And I said, congratulations, Nick Foles. Uh, just so you know, Nick, uh, there's already something called a Jacksonville special, and it's uh, four oxycotton uh, crushed up in a Mr. Pibb. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I thought that was good. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. So, so when when you do when you're doing Twitter, yeah. is that not just a way for you to try out material you're going to use on stage? Is that also something where you're trying to trying out writing material because you're trying to do TV writing now yeah. too, right? Yeah. yeah. So, are you, are you gauging the mentality of the public at that point? Yeah, I, th- I think you can definitely feel what people are liking. So it's like if I get if I if I put post something and, and I get two likes, I'm right. like, all right. But if I post something and then mm-hmm. I get retweets and I have like 700 likes, it's right. like okay, That's I've definitely one. struck yep. a vein yeah, yeah. and I've gone in. You know, yep. I've been able to go into something like that. And and I mean, I, I, like I did get like my first TV writing job par- partially was from my Twitter. People saw, you know, because people see wow. that you're doing this, you're posting these topical jokes, mm-hmm. and it's it's literally evidence of like, oh, he can write five funny jokes a day, right. you know, top topical. So then it's like, okay, we can use this guy right, or, right, or whatever. Right, so too. that was a big, uh, I think a big uh, a catalyst to do that. Okay. But with the Instagram, Instagram people, yep, yep. Instagram people, like some of them can be very funny. Some of them, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I know a lot of comedians are getting annoyed with, and I, I get it. Like I, I don't really get annoyed with, but you see these Instagram and there was Vine and then Instagram YouTube stars who are now selling out comedy clubs. Right. They'll sell out three shows on a Tuesday yeah. night right. with all their fans. And they do an hour of what comedy? Yeah. I don't know. So every what once in a while, there, there can be some really funny ones, but I've seen a few that just they might have five good minutes, right. and then right. they just. But pe- people, they're not there to see them perform. They're just there to meet them. To right. they're all oh, in the same room yeah, with Comic Con. Yeah. It's Comic Con. It's, it's Comic Con. Because right. what they do then is they all line up afterwards and they pay twenty dollars to like get a picture with them and get something signed, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's really what they're there for. Right. So it's like yeah. you know, and people get to know. Other comics are like they're taking our you know our stage time or whatever it's like yeah but to, to a certain extent I think it's you know if I'm a really good comic and I go to Buffalo and hopefully if, if I do really well God bless. they're gonna come back and see me in Buffalo next year right. yeah. I don't know and I could be wrong but I don't think they're gonna see that there's a very small person sh- once. There's, there's a small shelf life for that shit yes so they're gonna see him once and then it's over right. and I don't see these people having huge gra- and I could be wrong some of them definitely will parlay into something bigger but yeah. but right. for a lot for of them I think it's a flash I think it's like yeah it's probably like one out of 50 I think have that type of like Talent, longevity, power. Oh, yeah. and by the way, if if I could make uh, twelve second videos and then sell out uh, three shows <laughs> yeah, yeah, in St. Louis yeah, yeah, yeah. and run and do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. For and sure, I don't know yeah. how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I totally would. So sure. I'm totally jealous For about sure. it. Yeah. 
So I want to ask you as a um, a person who I go to comedy shows and I do not want to be called on. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be busted on. Yeah. What can I do as a person, as a in the audience? What yeah. can I do to not be? Yeah. My twenty. No sit, attention called to me. Sure. I don't back. want a joke busted on my flannel and my in like my twenty sixth birthday. My, me, a, a girl I was dating. We went to New York. Yeah. She took me to. Uh, it wasn't the cellar. It was, an, it was Caroline's one of those or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Interracial couple. She yep. went, she, oh, she, yeah, we yeah. sat right out, right up sure. front. And then yep. I was just like, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I had to yeah. just be sitting there like, oh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm black and she's white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Got got suits. Got Every single yeah. person that got like, yeah, oh, yeah. look at this. How, 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 how do we all avoid that? Give yeah. us a PSA yeah. on that. Don't sit up front. I feel yeah. like New York comics to a certain extent they do more crowd work and they're interacting more uh, I'm so I don't like doing a lot of crowd work like yeah. I like, so you got your you, you have your songs you have your rhymes like I I wrote stuff I want to do this I don't need to deal with you in the crowd <laughs> right. but there are definitely crowds out there so if you don't want to do that I would uh, not sit right up front and also just maybe do some homework and you, you can't always guarantee who's there but like know what and this is in general do some homework on the comedian you're gonna see like don't just I mean it's a great thing Helium's a great club Punchline's a great club you're gonna see good shows but do a little homework on who you're going to see because like if it's that type of comedy or if it's like a type of comedy you don't like it's like why would you spend the money going to that so I think just check out a YouTube clip that doesn't always help you can't be shocked if you're at a Jeffrey Ross show and he's ripping you apart exactly exactly yeah Yeah. so you just got back from LA yes and you've been doing some comedy writing yeah including some for Howie Mandel Howie Mandel yes it's my favorite name of any show ever Uh, it's called uh, it's it's called Howie Mandel's Animals Doing Things nice (laughs) nice Uh, not to give it away but animals do things things. so it's it's for why wouldn't they exactly they're gonna do things Uh, so it's for um, it's for Nat Geo and it was the second season so they did a season they brought me in for season two and it's basically America's Funniest Videos but it's for um, it's it's all animal videos. Yeah. So for for three or four months, I was out in LA in the beautiful weather, literally watching goat videos and trying to make them funny. And like, there's there's well, nothing I mean, you can do with goat funny. videos. They're just funny. It's yeah, like yeah, it's like it funny. writes itself. Right. So yeah. So it was a great time. And, and so Howie is the host of the show, <laughs> and he writes a lot of it. He he actually does. He's in there in the trenches, huh? He, well, he. I, here's a crazy thing. I actually never met him mm. once. I worked on a show the whole season. <laughs> he, he's like hidden behind. An, yeah. There's like, a curtain. Don't look at Howie. We're not allowed to. We're not allowed to look him straight in the eye. Don't see me like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, from what I've heard, he's a great guy, but he yeah, yeah. records from his what, stuff from what I heard, in he's Van Nuys. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's the uh, word on the street. Yeah. But he literally, he he's very good at improv, and like he can just, he'll watch things and just sort of riff riff it when it happens, mm. and it's like, it, it, it's amazing. And then like, well, there are different other pieces that we would get to write, and uh, so I would just take the, I would just watch all these dog videos and just like <laughs> put them together in a funny montage or like, I would come up with like a fake commercial or like a trailer for a movie yeah, nice. with all these uh, dogs, and it was, I mean, it was super fun. It was, and I worked with some of the the best people. Mm-hmm. Was that your first time in like a writing room? Is it is it like how mm-hmm. it is on Thirty Rock? Uh, no, this was a little bit. This was so. This was, I guess, my fourth TV show that okay. I wrote for. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this I'm, was this this was just your last. This is my last project that okay. I did. Yeah, ah, and awesome. um, I'm looking for my next project. So, do you like the LA lifestyle, or are you like I can't wait to get the fuck out of here? I mean, I did love it. My my wife and my dog mm-hmm. in that order were back here in Philly. So like I was. <laughs> Gone for three months away from them, so that part sucked. But the rest so of it, wait, I mean, is it like it's beautiful. To, you so wife, your wife's like gonna you listen to, to this podcast. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to go visit, or I mean, I, it's it was hard to come back. She right, came right, out right, to visit. Right, right, she right, right, she right. came out to visit. Yeah, yeah. And, so everything uh, but the wife and the dog. 
is amazing. Is it's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, though I will say, I did miss it here, and this is my home. This is where I grew up. This is where my wife grew up. So I do love it here. So I, uh, I'm trying. Would you ever currently- think of making the move though? Like my dream job, and I've always said this. My dream job is literally to write for a TV show here in Philadelphia. All right, you ready to do the blunt? Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your wrestler theme music? Uh, my wrestler theme music would... Uh, I'm coming out to uh, uh, Night Swimming by R.E.M. <laughs> now, I'm, uh, I... I <laughs> I'm gonna go to my '90s band. I'm gonna go Super Bon Bon by Soul Coughing. Oh my! Move aside, let the man go through. Okay. Oh man, right. that didn't go over well at all. <laughs> no. Nobody like that. Yeah, nobody wants Soul Coughing. Uh, favorite place to play besides your beloved city? Um, Austin, Texas is a great okay. town. Love Austin. South by Southwest going on right yeah. now. Yeah. What's your favorite venue to see music? My favorite venue to see music. Uh, I, I, I always loved the TLA. I came up through the TLA. And uh, I, I just love going to the Man, the Man Music Center. Oh, I got a oh nice, yeah. love nice summer night uh, going to see, like, I, I saw Cigaros there. Uh, Dude, my and girl, it's just, yeah, no. Okay, that's Cigaros. Good. Cigaros. Yeah. They were that great. They, that's how they're, I would call them Sugarios. Sugar, <laughs> cigar, I, I probably said it wrong. I have no idea. Yeah. One, one of my the, my favorite shows I ever saw was it was it was unfortunately right before he died. Uh, I saw Ray Charles at the Man. Wow! And it was just wow. the the like underneath the the yeah, roof yeah. that yeah, was just, all filled, but the 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 lawn was pretty much empty. What? So me and my two buddies. That's was, a disgrace. It's crazy. And so me and my two buddies, we just went up on the lawn and like laid on the lawn and watched Ray, Ray Charles. Charles. And it was and it was like a beautiful like June yeah. night. The man, and, the man's great. It was the yeah, man's it's great. amazing. Yeah. 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 If you could pick anyone fictional as a friend, who would it be? Any Johnny fiction? Good Times. <laughs> he's not real? Yeah. No, not real. no he's not. I want Why would you not want to be friends with uh, Michael J. Fox from Teen Wolf? Yeah. I want to have a werewolf friend. I mean, it's right. pretty, yeah. it's pretty okay. Like, he's a nice kid. He's like late, you know, laid back. At, he's and good then, at basketball, too. He's great at basketball, so you always yeah. have somebody there. And plus, uh, Styles can hook you up with a little weed afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah it kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is crossover. What is a comedy film you wish you wrote? Oh man, um, I, I love Wes Anderson. Wes, so like, Rushmore is a is, is a great one. I, I love that. Um, I'm trying to think what else like really jumps out. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah. So my question piggybacks on that. You guys are always I don't wanna put you in that category. A lot of comedians say they just want to write. Is there a small part of you that wants to be a leading man in, or in a, a comedic? Tour de force actor. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to do that. Uh, I I do like being behind the scenes, yeah. and uh, I have the looks for podcasts. That so that helps. Uh, so I don't have the leading man. We looks. had to discuss that. We're like, oh, this guy's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect for our podcast. Perfect for podcast. I think you're a good looking guy, Chip. You hey, know. I appreciate. Right back at you. I really do appreciate that. No, but uh, I do like. I like the writing end of it. I, I do like that. I, but but trust me, if if you wanted me to be on air talent, I would. Uh, I, I would one hundred percent do it. We're working on something. Right All right, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Reeves' question, which piggyback on Greg's. What TV show from the 80s do you want rebooted with you playing the star role? I want to be Mr. Drummond in Different Strokes. <laughs> oh, sweet. Sweet. Nice. That would be... Uh, actually, I'm surprised that show hasn't been rebooted yet. It's too... It's it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's, that was it, a it, big it, thing in the 80s. There was a lot of black kids getting adopted by rich white yeah. guys in the 80s. Webster. Yeah. And they both, had, they both had the, the little little guy disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were, were their little gr- tiny... Grown-ass men. They couldn't hire an actual kid. 
Uh, have you ever done anything on your bucket list? Have you scratched anything off? I did stand up. I that, I think yeah. that's the one big thing, and that, that that's what I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Who is your uh, favorite local newscaster? Uh, Deuces Rogers. I love Deuces. Deuces. From, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Deuces Rogers, and I have to say, I mean, Jim Gardner is a. I mean, it's is just is is a is a national treasure. Yeah. I always ask. Uh, I look at who you follow on Twitter. Yes. So you follow Phil Collins. Phil Collins. So yeah. give me your best Phil Collins song. Oh, my best Phil Collins song. What's I mean, your favorite? What's your go-to? Oh, I mean, in the air tonight is. Yeah. I mean, that's probably. I mean, I, I feel like that's like the the overdone one. But yeah, um, of course it is. Yeah. If you tell me that, it's, it's disappointing. It is you disappointing. That. That's yeah. why I want a better one. Um, take me home's great. Oh. Yeah. Cause I don't remember. Cause I don't remember. Take, take me home. I'm, trying, I'm going with. I can't dance. I can't dance. <laughs> Either groovy yeah. kind of lover, easy lover. Easy lover. Easy lover is a great Little one. Philip Bailey. That's a fun one. I was a big. I remember. And this, Phil Collins just brings me back to being a little kid in the '80s, and I think that's yeah. why I love it so much. Uh, it, Genesis' "Invisible Touch" is yeah, such it's a great. Record. It's such a great like that, that song. Time, it's that just moment. it's so perfect. Like they were him, all the Michelob commercials. It was Michelob commercials, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and then yeah. of course he was also yeah. on. Uh, right. He was on Miami nah, Vice. I, I drank yeah. Michelob was though because of yeah, that. Yeah, it was the uh, Miami best, Vice. Uh, was that. Best best quote on Phil uh, Phil Collins I ever heard was on Thirty Rock. Alec Baldwin. He said, "You like Phil Collins?" He said, "I've got two ears and a heart, don't I?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Two ears and a heart. Two ears and a heart. All right, Chip, thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. Oh, hey, but can I make a plug? Oh, yeah, oh, plug yeah, all no. your social media Jeez, shit. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. got a new album coming out. I got, nice. I got, yeah. I got an album this that, week? Is, that is well, dropping. It just dropped well, by well. the time you hear this. Depending, Depending on how we edit this. Yeah, it'll really? drop, yeah. yeah. Live comedy album. Live comedy album. Awesome. My, it's my second album. Uh, it's called Swingers Party. Where'd you oh, record it? I can't wait it? to hear this shit, man. I recorded it at Helium. Okay. So it was, I recorded it at Helium right, right before I left for L.A. And then okay. I went away, and then we just kind Good of pushed shit, off. man. I can't wait to hear that. So yeah, it's called Swingers Party, uh, and it's it's live. It's going to be on iTunes. Uh, so please go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your social? Yeah, how do we find you? Uh, yeah, so it's just everything's just at Chip Chantry. C-H-I-P-C-H-A-N-T-R-Y. So Twitter, Instagram, just at Chip Chantry. You can look me up on Facebook. So is Chip the birth name? Or is that a nickname? It's a nickname. that. So What's the original name? I, the original name is. I'm, I'm, did anyone want to guess? It's, it's Charles. Charles. Paul. There it is, Paul? right there. Paul. He got it. Uh, I'm Paul the Third. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. So uh, when I was a week old, and one of my aunts was like, "He's a chip off the old block," and it oh. it just stuck, and I could never happens, drop it. Yeah, yeah, and I've never gone by Paul. Thanks for hanging out, man. No, oh, dude. Thank you for, for having me. I'm gonna be back at Sassafras. I think every week we're gonna yeah, do this podcast. This next time we're gonna come. Do next time we every week. We gotta make sure we dress for the occasion. I think we all Great Johnny is wearing a tuxedo right now. Yeah. Great cocktails. Yeah. This is a great spot. This is my. Might be my new favorite bar. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, uh, Chip, for coming on the show. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we hope to uh, hope you subscribe, hope you rate us, and we hope to uh, see you next time. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's the sound of Philadelphia. Brotherly love, brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short. Swept-